to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. Don't move. Look, I was just going to tell you. not move. What's going on? <laughs> He's standing on a beehive. What's a beehive doing there? Beehives are supposed to be in trees. We have a confession. We've never watched Lost. Now we're tired of hearing about it, so we're finally watching the hit TV show for the first time. Come along with us to the island. And please stay close by because we're we're so lost. We need to get something to seal the hive. We're also rewatching the classic ABC TV series Lost. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. Wow, my head's really big. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's a weird dimensional thing that happens on the island. Maybe it's because of this, like, mutant pimple on my forehead. Sorry, oh, everyone. If you hadn't pointed it out, nobody would know. Everybody <laughs> would, would know. Everybody would know. <laughs> okay, but I, I, we are here to talk Lost, Anne-Marie. Uh, we're here to talk uh, the sixth episode of season one specifically. But before we do that, uh, why don't you go ahead and outline our spoiler po- policy such as it is. I hate that we have one. I hate that we have a spoiler policy, but in order to do this show properly – hey, Bobby's in the chat room. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we, we were just also, talking about Also, we forgot it. to mention our chatters over at live.universebox.com that join us 8.30 p.m. EST. ST whenever we decide to record this show. Uh, today happens to be, what, a Wednesday? <laughs> it's Wednesday, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so. I, I I'm know. on vacation. So it's, it's that weird. week between Christmas and New Year's where no one knows <laughs> – Knows what's happening, but, but we're so room. lost. About we're it. so lost with a schedule. Uh, so our spoiler policy is: we won't talk about anything that is past the current episode we are reviewing. If we, you know, hit on something or you want to hint about something, just be like. You'll find out the answer sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just be don't very vague. Tell I don't want to know general. what season, what episode, who tells me the story. Mm-hmm. Do not send me a script, Tomies, because everybody well, maybe a script because scripts are interesting and they change a lot between a page and the screen. But then I have to read it, and I okay, will. don't send a script. If it's sent, I'm going to read it. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So no scripts. We normally like spoilers. Prescriptions, yes. We'll take all the prescriptions we can get because we can send them, off, sell them off to our old friend Charlie. Oh. Oh, Charlie. He's probably going to need some methadone soon. Charlie, <laughs> come to Candy Mountain. Oh, he went to Candy Mountain. <gasps> I heard the When he's coming words. down off that, that H, he's going to be going to Candy Mountain. <laughs> short, short of nuts. Uh, definitely. Nice. Okay. Anyway. Okay, so why don't we go ahead and get started with the rhyming episode summary, and then we'll get started into the main discussion. Anne-Marie? Who can you trust when your lover is violent? Best to learn English and keep your play on silent. Maybe Jack is tattooed Adam to Kate's shirtless Eve. Is stealing a watch Jin's biggest pet peeve? A group once in sync all comes undone in this week's poetic House of the Rising Sun. House of the Rising Sun! Emery, what'd you think? I really liked it. You really liked I, it? I think I'm becoming one of those lost fanatics. Mm-hmm. It's happening, guys. Only six episodes in. It's I know. It's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. I might die down by episode 19 mm-hmm. or something, but I, I I'm like, a fan. I, I really liked it because what I did is I, I, watch, I watched this one twice. And I normally, normally don't watch them twice. But there was reading. So involved. I watched it once. Then I went to work out and I listened to our second episode of We're So Lost, Jin's Magic Sushi. Mm-hmm. And I was like... You know, uh, we don't know what's going on with Jin and Son. Maybe it'll be. Maybe we'll get some backstory in four episodes or so. Four episodes, four episodes later. later. Maybe Charlie's heroin habit will come out in a few episodes. Here it, happens. it happens. I, I so I, I called a lot. Of, called a lot of this. You're stuff, really so good at calling. Obviously, stuff. I liked it. 
because a lot of what I, what I had guessed was going to happen happened. Right. You like being right is what yeah, you're saying. I, I love being right. I love being right more than anything, more than life itself, more than work, <laughs> more than uh, more than killing water? people, water. more than puppies that grow up. More than a $20,000 watch on an island. Definitely more than that. Nice. Even though that, that's kind of an honor thing. You know, that's an honor. Okay, but uh, we'll go ahead and get started talking about the episode. Jin's new job is the first thing I want to bring up. His his employer, his employment, Oy. his employer uh, that we find out that he had, you know, prior to the island. Uh, basically, he's working for Sun's mom or not Try mom, again. Sun's dad, uh, Sun's son, uh, no, Sun's dad as a I don't know somebody who gets a little bloody every now and again is all we really know. Yes. Uh, but so it, it seemed a little weird to me. Yeah. I was wondering, was this situation all it seems, or or was it something else? Or we're going to get more revelations on this of in the future. I, I, I there are a couple options as I see it as mm-hmm. far as what this this job could be. I or in you know how it all came to be could be. I uh, for the option first option is that Jin loves Sun uh, and knows who her father is and realizes this is the only way they can be together safely. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I something that really supports this is that her dad seems really quick to take Jin under his yeah, his wing, like too quick. So it's kind of suspicious, right? Mm-hmm. Which leads me to option number two uh jen thought someone was cool he was down with her uh but i uh, was really using her as a way to get in on her dad's underworld organization maybe this was she was a means to an end mm-hmm. uh may, maybe it was all put on in the name of career advancement i but even if if this was the case i do think that he has real feelings for her now really? i what 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 do you think uh, with my two options there? Which one would you lean towards? Um, I don't. I I think option one option that he one. does love her, and um, this was just the the safest way to be together, right? Um, like you know, she's like, no, let's just run away, let's run away, and he's like, no, 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 we're not gonna just elope. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. So or. Yeah, I, I want to say that he really did love her or does love her or something. So, I, yeah, he just does whatever he's told. Yeah, you, well, I, I definitely do feel that at one time, even if it was for a moment, just that one moment in the garden with the flower and everything, that Jin and Sun had something very pure and very mm-hmm. real and something uh, very close to, you know, traditional love. Yeah, right. if not traditional love i mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know that's what the flower represents and why it causes sun to stay in the last <sighs> scene i uh, because she kind of really she remembers that moment yeah and uh i i think she's like okay i can't i can't duck out on this when there's still a chance that that guy with the flower is still standing there yeah you know so so i thought that was very interesting and, and as far as the way things shook out uh jen's plan was a smart move uh considering whose son's father is what kind of Which guy we don't he is technically no i mean we know we don't but technically we don't know. know but it, there's a lot implied there and it, it's yeah. implied that son knows this too See, I, I didn't. Well, well, I'll, I'll, we'll get to that. We'll get, we'll get there, but uh, but uh, Sun Sun didn't want a smart move uh, like uh, Jin was trying to make. She wanted uh, the move that would get her away from. I, I think she wanted the move that would get her away from her evil, violent father and his business. Mm-hmm. I, you can see her heartbreak when she gets the ring mm-hmm. and realizes that Jin has been pulled into this whole world of her father's and corrupted by it. it it's kind of sad but beautiful. I, I mean, you can like just see her when she goes in for the hug. Mm-hmm. You can see her heart kind of breaking. She's like, man, 
my dad got to him. You know, you know, and I, I, I feel like a son was looking for a way out of this madness, yes. and I don't think she ever voiced that to Jin. And I think, I think, um, I, I think that might be part of the reason why Jin thought this was a viable option. You know, hmm, I don't know, just some, but I definitely think she knew what was going on. See. That's what I see. I actually the first thing in my point is, did she not know her dad was like a leader in the Korean mob, which is what mm-hmm. I'm assuming is going on? Yeah. Or was his cover of a businessman just that awesome? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, she obviously had no problem spending the money and yeah. living the life, but she seemed very surprised by the blood. Mm-hmm. And that was after a few years of being married and all that. Well, I don't know if she seemed surprised by it. She just seemed she was very upset by it for sure. Like, I don't know if she was surprised. I, I mean, obviously, she was surprised that he had blood all over him. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know if she was surprised that it came to that. I mean, it, it, in that mm. scene, it almost felt like like she she knew what what was happening there. She knew why he had blood on him. She 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 was just trying to, like, push him for the why and mm. stuff like that, you know. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of, kind, of, kind of how I read the situation. See, I, and we read it differently. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, which oh, happens. But, which happens more and more, actually, I'm mm-hmm. noticing. <laughs> Okay, so, like, how did she meet Jin? Like, mm-hmm. the party was obviously not their first meeting. Like, was he maybe, like, a regular server mm-hmm. at their parties? They, that's or... what I'm assuming. Maybe he, he was, uh, you know, part of a company that catered a lot of their stuff or, yeah, or something just, like that. I don't know. I want more of that. I, I how they fell in love or whatever, other than just like the aftermath. Yeah, I kind of feel almost there's a possi- there's a possibility there that maybe he he this is him working his way in. Like he started mm-hmm. at the, at the, as the server, mm-hmm. he gets the daughter to fall for him. Then he goes to the dad and mm-hmm. hey, my da- your daughter's in love with me. Right. What are we going to do here? Why don't you bring me into the family business? You know. Something like that. Interesting. Uh, okay, and it's what? Oh, I was just going to say over in the chat room, uh, Angel T says, I don't know. I, I really do think uh, Jin loves Sun from the beginning. Mm-hmm. He just got caught up in some stuff. Uh, and Michael agrees. I And uh, yeah, let's see here. Yeah, I and uh, Angel goes on to say, it's got to be tough, the situation Sun was in, loving the the person, but hating what they're doing. Right. Yeah, that's a very hard situation, too. Um. Sure. I thought it was pretty impressive that Sun was able to make arrangements to disappear from Australia mm-hmm. because at first, like when she's they're setting up, like they're in the apartment, yeah, you know, and all that, and then you realize that the the uh, escape plan doesn't happen until Australia on mm-hmm. the way back yeah on the way back i think but they were going to lax so that's the part that i'm confused i'm like uh, <laughs> well maybe can i they... get the flight plan please yeah so i don't know that was pr- i mean that's that's hardcore to be able to arrange a car in mm-hmm. another country in the middle of a very smart though because i mean obviously her dad's the kind of guy who would have the power to oh yeah you know just tear the entire country apart to find her right you know so i mean this is really the the Re- only reasonable way to do it. May- I don't know. Maybe she was looking into how to do some accomplish something like that when she was trying to get Jin to elope with her. Like maybe that's where she probably was. She was probably already learning English then. Mm-hmm. She was probably already learning English. Um, let's see. I oh, Michael does say we'll eventually find that found find out how they meet, uh, oh, but not good. until season three. Ah, so long. that's always the case. That's like in three weeks. Then <laughs> no. Uh- <laughs> Oh my goodness. Rebecca almost forgot about us tonight. Ah. Uh. Um, let's see. The idea 
I don't think the djinn has any idea what Sun was up to, even now on the island. I wonder what favor she really did ask of Michael, because I think she kind of has a thing for him. Yeah, I, 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 I know there's there's a connection there. I don't know if it's like a romantic connection. I didn't say it was a romantic, just a thing. Yeah. You yeah. can have a thing without it being like a major romantic connection. Yeah, but like, I mean, in, in the context of a TV show, a thing becomes a major romantic connection right, no, generally. No, no. But I just, I'm curious what she asked him because it wasn't just to let him go. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Um, and obviously it was to keep her secret that she spoke to English. To threaten him with an axe, obviously, was the other yeah. thing. Yeah, that was that And was destroy fun. the only pair of handcuffs they have on the island. See that? I was like, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Dumb, dumb move, Michael. Dumb, dumb move, Michael. You never know when you're going to need some handcuffs uh, when you're dealing with 47 people who are halfway six, starving. 46. 46. Wah, wah, wah. 45, maybe. Maybe he uh, swung that axe a little too broadly when he was walking up to him let's see she knows english i wonder what all she knows since she's been able to understand everything around her and no one thought she could understand anything Mm -hmm. yeah she really probably knows the most of anybody on the island yeah it it definitely i like if if we had the time or the inclination i would definitely want to almost want to go back we've got to go back and uh re-watch the first five episodes to kind of get a new context right on on a lot of the scenes she was in because if she understood stuff Right. You know, that's a whole new context that that kind of lays out there. And uh, speaking of her knowing English, yes. like, uh, on one hand, I understand why she was keeping it from her husband. Mm-hmm. Up until the point they were on the island. Once they were on the island for more than, like, a day, mm-hmm. it seems kind of silly to keep that information from him because it was hurt, hurting both of them as a unit, like, but within the context of the group. Well, I mean, they even she even said to him, we need to try and communicate. We need to talk mm-hmm. to people. We need to do this. And he basically was like, no, 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 no. Which I found a pretty interesting um, that, um, you know, he's very, we're going to be rescued. Let's stay here. Let's not worry about other people. Mm-hmm. But then the two of them go to the cave. Yeah. Like, that's the opposite thinking. Okay. It's quiet. I'm just going to stop now. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, You're just looking at me funny. So restate yourself. Sorry, I was distracted by the chat room. Billiam! The, the foot is on the other shoe. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I get yelled at for this all the time. All the time. No, okay. It's just really weird because I think it was last week. She was saying we need to try and communicate with people. We need to find out what to do mm-hmm. and all of that mm-hmm. because she knows everything that's going on now that we know. And he was like, no, we need to stay here. We're going to be rescued. Everything will be fine, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then off to the caves they go. Well, I think I think that was more of a situation where to get okay, away from Michael Said and Sawyer. The guy, yeah, the guy who threatened me with an axe is staying on the beach. Let's go to the caves. That sounds like a good idea. Let's get away from the axe guy. You know, right? But how did they even know where? They, well, how did he even know where they were going? Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's weird. Right. I I did. I have been calling though that Michael was going to be Sun's way and possibly Jin's to way into the group, and I definitely I uh, think they definitely sowed some more. Uh, seed for that in this week's episode. <laughs> uh, but uh, Derby Kid in the chat room says, uh, with loss, there are things that don't necessarily have to be romantic, and that's part of why I like this show. So, it, 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 like it, like we were saying, you know, it might just be a connection, but not a romantic one. Right. There's you got you're <laughs> stuck on an island with forty five other people. You have to make friends. Mm-hmm. Got to make friends, whether you think somebody's coming or not. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I end up. Michael Lucero in the chat room says, "I think Sun saying that they should try to communicate was her way of trying to test the idea of her talking to them and seeing how Jen would respond to it." Yeah, it was not so good. I can see too. Like I, I don't know. I almost like an alternate strategy. I, I feel like she could have used was maybe 
Well, obviously, uh, if she ends up going to Michael in this episode, maybe going to Michael earlier and be like, hey, my husband's this kind of violent dude. You want to pass me information on the sly? Maybe we can ease that into this. That would not have – no. That would have never worked mm-hmm. because then that's her talking to this dude. He's going to beat him up anyway then. Well, I mean, you know – he saw her boobs out in the forest and stuff, and Jen never became any the wiser. Like, I mean, they, they probably could have found, found a moment to have a discussion, possibly. Uh, I don't know. To the caves! To the caves. To the caves, yes. They go uh, to the caves in this episode. There's a lot of uh, movement into mm-hmm. the woods. Into the woods. Up to the caves. Into the woods. And I really like it. Because Jack is finally starting to think long term. It's something mm-hmm. I've been clamoring for the past few episodes, and I'm glad to see him finally take an initiative to build his own new kind of society, assuming that there's not going to be a rescue ship. Well, I mean, at this point, mm-hmm. if, if you're not rescued within a week... Yeah, you got to start thinking long term. Right, like you have to live. Yeah. Or you're just going to roll over and die. Yeah, but, uh, you know, last Probably. week he had his big togetherness speech, and it rang true to everybody. Everybody agreed with him more or less i uh, and but it didn't take long for him to find some way to drive a wedge within the group like he was like okay we're all in this together and i'm gonna be the leader and we're gonna get through this oh wait a second let me do something that divides half the group like divides the group in half but he know? didn't think it was gonna divide half the group yeah in by all rights it shouldn't have because i i don't think the situation's as binary as everybody in the show is making it out to be it's not Everyone has to go to the cave or everyone has to stay on the beach to... And you could never speak to one another. Wait for rescue. Yeah, I say, you know, leave a small rotating party at the beach to look for the rescue, keep the fire going, and then everyone else can chill out at the caves, you know, where it's safe and it's covered and there's fresh water and, and things. Like, why, why is it so hard to do that? Why, why does it have to be all or none for these people? Because, I, I, I mean, us three guys who, sh- who swap out every 12 hours on the beach is just as effective... Is half of the group. Right. I don't know. What would you have done? Would you have been in the caves? Uh, personally? Yeah. Yeah, I like comfort. I'd probably have gone to the cave. Uh, would you have taken that shirt with you? I definitely would have taken the shirt with me. The shirt's awful. Well, this is camouflage for in the jungle because it has it has a <laughs> palm trees palm trees on it. Nice, definitely. definitely. Nice. Angel T says both groups made legitimate points. I mean, Jack is thinking survival in long term, but there is still the possibility that smoke that a smoke single signal <laughs> could attract attention. This is true. And uh, Michael Lucero says us versus them, a central theme in Lost. Yeah, and I guess it you know from a dramatic writer's perspective Mm -hmm. it was a good way to get kind of two sides of an argument you know yeah on their side so we can have that argument next episode yeah yeah so i mean it it serves a great dramatic purpose from a practical Mm -hmm. standpoint i can't i can't see being in that situation and thinking it was that binary the caves are not the caves Mm -hmm. rescue or not rescue you know Mm -hmm. but that's just me sort of going with that and this is Kind of. Not really. Um, but it's not anywhere in the notes. I thought I'd bring it up now. Is it just me or was it a little weird that only four people went for water? Like he oh. made the big deal in that speech that, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of us need to go for water. And if we're, you're not going for water, you need to be productive. Mm-hmm. Only four out of 46 people went for water. The did everybody else do well to be fair if they ran into like a polar bear or a giant smoke monster or something and got taken out you you you'd want it you'd want enough people to bring the water back but not so many people that the rest of the group would be in danger if they all got killed you know so i mean i can see a sense in that and also i they they probably uh well he'd was the only one who'd been up there before and it right. was it was at night so maybe it didn't feel quite as long of a walk as it did 
in in broad daylight and everything. So maybe he was like, oh, yeah, we can – four of us, we can make three or four trips back in one day or whatever. And it won't be a, too taxing or anything. Mm. And then he realizes when he gets up there, you know, everyone needs – what was it? Four to six gallons. Half a gallon a day. Half a gallon a day For times 46, 46 people. people and everything. And he's like, wait a second. This is going to suck. <laughs> like this mm. is going to be a really bad right. job. You know, so – and then he starts rethinking it. Or maybe he – he just wanted to make that apparent, so he had some he had some uh, support when he came back with his caves idea. Maybe the caves idea came the night before, and this was just like a uh, him him uh, you know manipulating people, you know easing people like Locke did to Charlie, yeah, in, into uh, into doing what he wanted them to. Okay. Just a thought. Okay. Just a thought. Charlie and Locke, speaking of, it's like the freaking odd couple and I love them. Mm-hmm. They are fantastic and wonderful together. Yeah. And they make me happy. Mm-hmm. Extremely. Oh, are you yeah. with me tonight? Like, yeah, I'm they... feeling... We no, good? No, Charlie and Locke. Charlie odd and Locke, couple. yes. Love them. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, definitely. Drink more. Uh... <laughs> it's water. Yeah, sure it is. Delicious, delicious water. Mine's not. Take this, Jack. <laughs> uh, ooh, I had to get mine from Sawyer. Um, so I love that Locke knew about Drive Shaft and Charlie's <laughs> solo album and all of that. Like, he had to know that going on to the island, mm-hmm. the way he spoke, because it's not like he was Googling things. Very true. He Very had true. to legitimately know about this. I, I have sort of an alternate idea of what might have happened, but Share we'll save that for later. Okay, fine. Save it for later. Um, save it for later. But, I mean, it helps him make that connection with Charlie to be able to give up the drugs Mm-hmm. To find the guitar, fully knowing where the guitar was. Um, like, And the look on Charlie's face when he saw the guitar, it was better <laughs> than my kids on Christmas. <laughs> like, like, You know, one thing, thing, though, like, to be fair, Charlie got just got stunned by, like, 70 bees. Yeah. Maybe give him a little heroin before you take it off of him. Maybe let him just have a little nip. Because, I no. mean, it's good for pain relief. Yeah, but he seemed pretty okay. He obviously wasn't mm-hmm. allergic to otherwise Except he'd be dead. all those welts over Well, they'll go away. Whatever. You and your dog bite. <laughs> um, I can't wait to see how Charlie pays him back. Like, what kindness he can do to Locke. Because Locke did such a kindness to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if they found anything good in the wreckage. Other than the guitar. Because they pretty much ignored the fact that Locke and Charlie were there to go through things not to move into the cave well they found some dead bodies they did dead (laughs) bodies everywhere speaking of the dead bodies and again i'm just going to keep talking not off of the thing because it's not in your notes um what were the two stones that jack found on adam and eve i'm not sure it was like a black seemed really important it was was a black black and and white stone maybe I, I, I'm probably wrong on this, but it made me think of the board game Othello for some reason. So maybe it had game. something to do with that. It's kind of like chess, but weird with stones. And, oh, more things I don't understand. Uh, but yeah, uh, Angel T says, Locke is becoming an awesome character, and I loved his interaction with Charlie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Lucero says, I think they kind of modeled drive set shaft after Oasis a bit, which yeah, I can totally oh, see. Oh, that was definite. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Lostopedia actually has a huge list of all the drive shaft slash Oasis parallels. Actually, I kind of want to, to see this. the google to the google this is what we call watch bill and Anne Marie google things um drive shaft these are terrifying Oasis. says the two people who are allergic over here um uh-oh angel says i was thinking something like light and darkness 
And Derby Kid says, Angel, you might be on to something. Michael <laughs> says, Light and Dark is a huge motif in Lost. Ah, all of the <laughs> we don't knows. Yes. Uh, hold on. I, I, I'm on Lostopedia. Okay, so Oasis Influence. Uh, uh, the actor who plays Charlie uh, credits the band Oasis explicitly as being an influence on the season one DVD feature Backstage with Drive Shaft. Nice. And uh, let's see. Uh, both bands have a lead singer called Liam. Uh, both bands formed in Manchester, UK. Of course. Uh, there's a sibling relationship in, in the band. Both have four official members. Uh, Charlie sings backing vocals and is the principal songwriter, like Noel Gallagher. Uh, both siblings' parents have been known to feud over who sings per- or Both sibling pairings have been known to feud over who sings certain parts of songs. Nice. Uh, Liam refers to Charlie as baby brother, much like Noel Gallagher references uh, reference to Liam as our kid. Uh, and let's uh, the chord progression of you are you all everybody is highly similar to oasis's rock and roll star from their debut album definitely maybe wow oh yeah a lot of stuff here and we'll have this link in the show notes too but because yeah because it's kind of awesome thank you michael for that because that, that's show. that's pretty awesome that's, that's pretty darn that, awesome that was pretty darn awesome yep so new things going on in the world of we're so lost before we get on to some more of our notes yes. we're officially up on itunes we are officially and we have a website and everything we have we're a so website you can go and review us as some people already have yeah and we definitely appreciate that especially in the early days although if you're listening to this on the podcast it's not such early yes days. it is well i mean it's within the first month or two it's still um, early days yeah it's still it's fair- still early days of Legends of Gotham and it's a year and a half in. <laughs> But it's still fairly early days, but it really helps us kind of uh, drive us up the charts and, charts and uh, find new listeners. So if you want to, uh, if you go over to we'resolost.com, there's a link right here over on the left-hand side to the iTunes page. Mm-hmm. Just go over to iTunes, leave us a little review as uh, someone uh, someone in our chat room someone did, Someone in actually. our chat room named the Derby Kid The Derby did. Kid, yes. She, it's called Falling in Love with Lost All Over Again. It's a five-star. You don't have to leave in a five-star. In case you didn't know. Uh, Lost is one of of my favorite television shows. I was going to rewatch it again for the third time, and this podcast has been a perfect way to do it. Bill and Anne Marie are excellent podcasters. Oh, thank you, thank you. And if you happen to get lost on a magical island, they're fun people to hang with. Thank you so much, Derby Kid Rebecca. Oh yes, Yay. definitely. Th- thank you very much, Derby Kid. I, I I think there might be there's a five reviews up so far, and we have we've had it up for about 24 hours. So I'm sure that will continue to increase. More, more written reviews more. will appear, and everything. We want yes, to th- please. Uh, thank you for that very much. And if you leave one, we'll definitely read it on the we show. We always read them on the show. For sure. And the uh, show. I guess we'll go ahead and tell them about our Patreon now, too, while we're at it. Hi. While we're at it, we have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash universe box. This is a way you can make a monthly donation to help support all of our podcasts. We're so lost. Greetings from Storybrooke, Legends of Gotham, and, you know, some new stuff that will be happening eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so this, you can make a donation starting at $0.10, cents, $1, $5, $10. I don't know. You ball and you want to give mm-hmm. us 100 we cool with that. <laughs> um, so yeah, you'll get exclusive content. You'll get um, free books. You'll get to call in and chat with us on our Patreon hangouts. Mm-hmm. You'll get our movie commentaries. I will say for people who listen to We're So Lost too, uh, the, the uh, audio versions of the We're So Lost episodes go up here the night we record them. So, oh yeah, so you, you know, can they, get those before they're on yeah, um, iTunes. Yeah, there's generally uh, you you can watch the YouTube live. You can go there. It's as soon as we're done recording and watch it 
Uh, but if you want the audio version, I usually have to wait about a month between the time we record it and the time right. it comes out on the feed. But if you uh, support us over on Patreon, you can get it right away. Boom. Boom. Within within probably half an hour of us shutting down the stream. Exactly. So that's um, a great way to support us. Patreon.com slash Universe Box. Or if you can't commit to a monthly donation, which we totally understand, there is a button on YouTube that says support this channel and you can make a one-time mm-hmm. donation there. And we want to thank our 29 supporters who are currently giving us $143.52 a month over on Patreon. You are the wind beneath our wings. You are the house in our rising sun. We've looked around at the people we're with and we, we're happy with our decision uh, as the song something uh, the song from the it. end of this episode I wrote it down. yeah uh, are you sure this is where you want to be we are sure this is where we want you to be mm-hmm. patreon.com slash universe box or just listen to us because we like that we too. like that too we oh, love you guys love you for sure for sure Any, anything from from fun from the chat room Anne Marie? oh there's lots of themes and motifs and layered story lo- mm-hmm. telling and life and death and all that shenanigans light and dark light and dark and life and death <laughs> john and Locke. how about we talk a little bit john about- and Locke. How about we talk a little bit about the nature of John Locke? Let's I, pop lock and drop it. I, I kind of feel like I, I'm getting more of a sense that I don't I don't know if uh, Locke is untrust. I, I don't think he's untrustworthy, no. but I think there's a lot we don't know about him and mm-hmm. his place in the universe. Mm-hmm. I uh, so uh, with the nature of John Locke, uh, did, I, I, I'm wondering did John Locke's experience meeting the monster make make it turn him into an agent of the island's will or whatever's controlling the island oh. and events on the island? It was, basically, is he working for the good of the group or is he trying to get what the island wants? From them. I, I, and the thing that really made me think this is when he's talking to Charlie, mm-hmm. uh, like you were talking about earlier. I, he seems to understand the nature of the – even last week when he was talking to Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to understand the nature of the island very, very clearly. He says uh, the island will give you what you're looking for, but you have to give the island something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, uh, you know, the island uh, is a means to fix each of the characters' baggage, you know, to heal their wounds, to right. put – Right, what went wrong in their previous lives, but that solution comes with a price, dearie. And <laughs> so, so I'm wondering, you know, what's John Locke's motivation in pushing people to do this? What did he give to the island? What, yeah, what did he give to the island? That's he looked a good into point. the eye of it because his major problem before he came to the island was, you know, not being able to walk and not being able to go on his spiritual journey and everything. So, walk about. So, what did he give to the island? That's a very good point. What he did gave he, it a handicap. I guess he he gave it a wheelchair. <laughs> he gave it a wheelchair. My name is John Locke. I give you a wheelchair island. I give you this wheelchair. Yes. <laughs> he made out with the smoke monster. That's probably what oh, happened. St- it, it's a, it's all it's all you know a sycophantish. So, uh, what you do? What what do you think about that? idea really <laughs> oh uh, bobby says names mean a lot google the name john Locke. yes i know he's a philosopher and I, I i know that uh the character john Locke uh kind of represents a lot of his philosophy here let me uh let an me english check philosopher interesting okay well i'm gonna keep talking let's see what did you say the island is looking for. um 
I don't know. I think his interaction with the smoke monster or whatever he interacted with changed something. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely becoming more and more confident the more times he gets things right. Yeah. So I'm kind of entertained <laughs> by that. Mm-hmm. And Angel T says that John Locke is like this wise uh, middle-aged archetype in the show. Yeah. He definitely feels kind of that uh, that Obi-Wan role, that uh, yeah. older, old senior advisor to the younger Eesh. hero role for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, Locke's theory of mind is often cited as the origin of modern conceptions of identity and the self. Uh, so so that's just a little bit. I, You know, we'll probably, next time when we do a Locke-centric episode, I'll do some pre-work and some research and bring in a full uh, a full binder full of information on John Locke. But I, Who I don't, brings binders I don't think anymore? you you guys uh, really want to listen to me like pick through the Wikipedia entry and not hit any of the things that are relevant to the show. So nope. next Locke-centric episode, I'll definitely do that. Okay, uh, you wanted to mention some other stuff about Charlie. Uh, Charlie, well, this actually sort of is a about Locke also like when Charlie slipped up and mentioned the people who were here before us when they were talking about um, Adam and Eve mm-hmm. why didn't they just fill Locke in they just completely ignored it left him in the dark <laughs> he's obviously trustworthy to yeah. some point and is a part of the inner circle because he keeps leading these mm-hmm. you know adventures well, really wasn't the inner circle that was aware of that were the people who were there plus Jack? Yes, but that still was a fairly inner circled group. Yeah. And, um, you know, really, if Shannon can know something, why can't Locke? Mm-hmm. Sure, she deciphered it, but she's an idiot. She just happened to know French. Yeah, kind it, of. It's probably probably a situation uh, for, for you know loose lips sink ships. I know, but he doesn't. He's not that kind of. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Everybody's Derby, gonna know everything at some point. Derby kid says I'll have to dig into into my lost encyclopedia on John Locke for you, Bill. Please do. Yes, please. please. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's a it's one of those things. Like I'm sure he's going to uh, to get that information eventually. I'm sure like, again. I've seen I've seen the show once like 10 years before now and I I do have some vague recollection of that information becoming very relevant to everybody on the show uh, before the end of the season yeah uh, but I I can't remember how or why or how things are uh, discovered <laughs> <laughs> and uh, people are pointing us to Lostopedia for information on John Locke. And then Michael Lucero says, Bill and Anne-Marie, avoid Lostopedia like the plague. It's chock full of spoilers on pretty much every article. That makes sense because it's the Lost Encyclopedia. And mm-hmm. oh, no, Angel. She learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> no. Yeah, and Angel says that Locke has done more for the group than Shannon has so far. That's yep. that's certainly uh, yeah, true. Yeah, pretty much. I hope she does something. Okay, uh, let's let's get back and talk a little bit, bit more about Michael. Uh, and then uh, brought, branch it out into Walt and Michael like you want to. Yes. Uh, but I, I kind of got – this episode got me wondering who was Michael before all this happened? I right? Like why did Walt's mom not talk about him? Why wasn't he in Walt's life? I'm wondering, was he a bad guy? Was was he a bad man? He doesn't was, seem like a bad guy. Yeah, he seems like a really good guy. But I, I'm wondering because that, that that's the kind of uh, like uh, you from context clues. It almost seems like I don't know, like he was in prison or something like that, or in the army, or or he was something took him away from this family situation, and the mom wasn't too happy about it. He also gets a little defensive when he thinks Walt thinks he's a bad guy. 
Yes. I was going to say that Michael and Walt's mom, you know, met, had their romantic whatever, and then separated. And then she found out that she was pregnant. That because could be it too. he lived in America and she lived in Australia. Very like, true. that's like a vacation tryst. Very true. That's a very, very vacation tryst. I don't know, semester abroad, mm-hmm. something. Somebody, maybe, maybe Michael was married and this was an affair. Like maybe she was, you know, who knows? So all of those are very possible ideas. I'm sure the chat's Mm -hmm. just going to explode now. Um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like uh, when he got defensive, when he thought when he thought Walt thought he had done something to Jen, mm-hmm. like I, I think that really kind of, kind of revealed a little bit. Doth he protest too much? Kind of thing, yeah. you know. There, there's definitely something going on there that when he thought his son thought he was a bad guy, mm-hmm. it got to him because in some ways. He feels like maybe his son should feel like he's a bad guy to some degree. Yeah. So I, I'm very interested to see if it's he was a bad guy or he was maybe he was just a bad boyfriend, husband, father of the kid. You Something know, like so. that. And it was also he definitely grew um Walt grew up in a very different area than Michael because Michael's like, no, he's Korean, Koreans don't like black people. And mm-hmm. well, again, America and Australia are very different. Very true. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" Well, doesn't understand the whole like I guess racial tensions in that capacity because mm-hmm. he may have, well a he may not have ever known another Korean or I don't know what the Asian population of uh, Australia looks like. Um, mm-hmm. or, you know, there might just not have been those tensions. Like to, to be fair, it also felt like Michael thought he was maybe overstating that a bit too. Well, yeah. but when he's getting, you know, held underwater and the crap beaten out of him. Oh yeah. What's yeah. your reaction going to be? Mine's going to be like the blonde attacked me or something like, mm-hmm. you know, she's got fake nails and fake boobs and I don't like, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. You go to whatever, um, yeah, there, it, stereotype that there is mm-hmm. whether you believe it or not because he was looking for a defense. Yeah, yeah. He didn't do nothing. Definitely. At that point when he was talking about it too, he was trying to explain to Saeed, you know, a potential... Saeed? I can't help it. But a a potential reason why it might have happened and the only reason he could think of at the time Mm -hmm. because it seemed so irrational. That uh, right. Jin was attacking him, although he did, he did see his wife's boobs. So, I mean, it might have but had some... But <laughs> see, actually, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, oh. Yeah, I was like, oh, son, son slipped up oh, and, oh, like, oh. told Jin about that moment in the woods. Everybody has a moment in the woods. Into uh, the woods. But back to that last song in the montage, though, uh, concerning Michael, I really love the juxtaposition during the closing montage where, you know, the lyrics are supporting it and it's slashing around to everybody mm-hmm. who is unsure about their decisions uh, that they've made so far and their allegiances. And then there's just this nice little moment with Walt and Michael where you realize, no, they're leaning into it. They're they're more confident in their decisions and their, their allegiances than almost anyone, that they're bonding in a way they haven't yet. Fine, which leads directly into my point of them finally having a relationship mm-hmm. and showing like wanting to yeah because they were both relatively standoffish like michael was just being like hard mm-hmm. dictator dad because he didn't know what else to do and mm-hmm. that's probably the type of father he had and well just never had a dad it's pretty <laughs> obvious so mm-hmm. um you know the knowing and not knowing each other's birthdays and like it, it finally seems like they care yeah and like they want to protect like that showed Walt wanting to protect his dad, mm-hmm. really, for the first 
I mean, not that the kids should protect the dad, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. caring what happened to him. Um, and well, I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but I'm really interested to see how this develops. Mm-hmm. I really can't wait to see what happens. Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait to get their backstory. For yes. Sure. Like, I would uh, like that, which means it'll be next week. I, I think that's <laughs> that's definitely the one I'm most interested in at this point. Yeah. Claire. Eh, who cares how she got knocked up? Uh, the the Bobsy twins. Eh, I can take him. The relieve Bobsy him. twins. Uh, Boone and oh, Shannon. Shannon. Yeah, uh, but I, just a, one thing that we were talking about in the chat room before the show started that I, I, I wanted to bring up real quick was I really loved that last scene uh, between uh, Sun and Jin in the airport and the use of silence in that scene. Because oh. it, was, it was a three, probably a three, minute, a long three or four minute long scene. Not one word was spoken, but so much was said through the actor's facial expressions, body yeah. language, camera movements and everything. It, just a really, really well put together scene. And I, I, I like I said, I watched the episode twice today and the second time through i just sat there sat there just like as fixated as i was the first time on it mm-hmm. I, just because there was so much information there and i thought i thought it was just so well done i'd almost you know we were kidding about scripts earlier i'd almost love to see the script for that to see kind of how that translated back and forth but mm. i'm gonna go google no i'm kidding no. okay arbitrary scale mm. Uh, oh, oh, Angel T says about the song at the end, uh, it's very much a song about isolation and not being sure about what you're doing with your life, which, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, arbitrary scale out of 24 cave corpses. Oh. How many cave corpses do you give this episode, Emery? 21. 21? Why? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited about this episode. It was really fun. It was... I loved getting a focus on Sun and her not being who I expected her to be. Mm-hmm. I never expected her to be... Um, you know, the rich fancy lady. Yeah. I never thought that was coming. I thought it was going to be like, you know, mm-hmm. she was the town girl and her husband was like an account, like a trader on the mm-hmm. stock market or something. Like that's the type of relationship I thought we were going to get, not what we did get. Yeah, I, I thought uh, they kind of did the same thing for Jing because, I mean, he's been a jerk the entire show so far. Oh, and he still was. But the the thing is, in this episode, you find out that he has the the capacity for good. It's in there. Just mm-hmm. something crunched it down, you know. Yeah. A, it, it's, it, her his relationship to her father is what's keeping him from being his true self. Oh, and a uh, Derby kid says in nice. the chat room, uh, the episode's director of photography was Larry Fong, who served as a DP on uh, Batman v Superman. Woo! So very cool, yeah. And he he he's done some other stuff for Zack Snyder, like Sucker Punch, and uh, yeah, he's he's good. He's good stuff. Nice. Um, okay, did you have anything else to add on? Nah, I'm good on that. Okay, uh, Bobby gives it uh, 20 cave corpses. You know, I, as I, does the Derby Kid. As does the Derby Kid. I'm gonna give it a full 24. <gasps> what? I think I think uh, this is beat out uh, Walkabout as my favorite episode so far. Holy monkeys! Like I thought I. I thought it was like 10 billion times the episode last week was. I thought mm. I, I thought it was... And I really liked last week's episode, but this was really good. I thought it was as good, if not a little better, than Walkabout. Just because wow. I, I, I think the, uh, the modern story on the island and the flashback worked really well together. And it, I mean, I just really love the flashback. Definitely my favorite flashback so mm-hmm. far. I, and I, I even said it in the rhyming episode uh, summary. Uh, almost poetic. I, in a lot of ways and, and very Shakespearean too yeah. just just really strong storytelling really enjoyed it 
Uh, so 24 cave corpses from me. Angel T gives it 21 cave corpses. Nice. No reasons. I, and Derby Kid mentions that Larry Fong also did Watchmen, mm-hmm. too, uh, which is another good film. A very beautifully shot film as well. So. Yeah, I fell asleep in the first 20 minutes. <laughs> you, you should try it again sometime. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, shouldn't I? You should. Yeah, I need something else to Okay, uh... Now, Michael Lucero gives it 21. 21? Excellent. Okay, uh, and we forgot to play this in the usual spot, uh, oh. but Michael Michael did send us in a voicemail to talk us down. If we didn't like the episode, obviously we did. So it's uh, sort of changed from being a talk. Like, it's just feedback now. Yeah, it's it's really more mm-hmm. uh, in-depth feedback because he's watched the show 17 billion times. Very approximately. Uh, but if you want to send in your own feedback as we're doing these, uh, email is we're so lost podcast at gmail.com. Facebook is facebook.com slash we're so lost the twitter's at we're so lost and the voicemail number is 424-274-2352 again that's 424-274-2352 now here's michael what are you talking about well you know there could have been people doing this podcast before us right clearly but who are these men actually one of them is female our very own bill and Anne marie hey bill and Anne marie it's michael uh just uh, calling in to talk to you guys about the House of the Rising Sun. Uh, I really enjoy this episode. I, I think it's interesting that all the flashbacks seem to be, uh, even though they involve both Sun and Jin, they, they seem to be kind of uh, a little bit one-sided, uh, mostly from Sun's perspective. Uh, I don't know about you, but I think it'd be really interesting to see uh, what Jin is going through uh, through all of this. So... Oh no, who knows? Maybe we might, we might see something like that in the future. Spoilers! Um, I really thought the, uh, I think the caves versus the beach thing, uh, that's an interesting discussion. And personally, I, uh, knowing what happens later on in the show, it's strange to see Jack advocating this, um, because, um, and, and Saeed actually points out that Jack is already deviating from the live together, die alone, uh, thing. And I think this is the first time that this idea gets tested in the show. Um, it also hints at another major theme of the show, the separation of characters into groups uh, defined by their own conflicting or competing interests. Uh, that idea, uh, us versus them, is a huge uh, dynamic in Lost. And uh, I also uh, wanted to point out that uh, Anne-Marie finally got her slap that she wanted, uh, <laughs> son slapping Jen. Uh, I can't really say too much about them and their story because we still don't really know enough about them. We don't know this anything. It's only a very small fraction of the story. Uh, so it's, it's really tough for me to really comment too much about them or where they're at right now. Uh, so we'll just have to see what, uh, that's another reason for y'all to keep, uh, to continue watching the show. <laughs> um, but the scene where Sun stands in the airport and makes her decision, oh. I, I found that so powerful, especially with the music that's laid over it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I always kind of shed a tear or two. Uh, it's also interesting uh, how many uh, mythological elements are being introduced this early in the show. I always think back on season one as more as the uh, get-to-know-the-characters, uh, mm-hmm. introduce the whole survival aspect, uh, and then just gradually seed the mythological elements, but we've already gotten several, um, locks, uh, being healed by the island. Um, Jack's dad, apparently dead dad, apparently walking around the jungle and now, uh, Adam and Eve. And it's funny because, uh, a lot of these things are end game, um, mysteries that you really won't find out about until very late in the show. 
So it's kind of interesting looking back, going back and rewatching season one and how, how, uh, how much of that they, they seeded this early in, in the show. Uh, so all in all, I give this episode 1,962 out of 2015 black and white rocks in Africa's <laughs> cave. Uh, as always, black thank you. Rocks. Namaste and good luck. Namaste. That was a great scale too, that was Michael. Fantastic. And we'll, you'll you'll be back Pride of Placement next next yes, episode for sure. Absolutely. We just forgot to run you there, but if you have any thoughts about uh, what we said about this episode, uh, what is coming up uh, in next week's episode, yes. um, or if you just want, if you like if you do a binge watch and you want to send us some feedback as you go, just label the episode you're label talking about. Label the episode or say it in the very first line if you're just. Yeah. And then shoot Please. us an email, we're so lost podcast at gmail.com. The Facebook is Facebook.com slash we're so lost. The Twitter is at we're so lost. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Uh, we also have a website now, we're so lost podcast.com. Oh, and, it's we're uh, so lost podcast.com? Or no, we're so lost.com, okay. rather. Yeah, I thank was like, you for wait, what? That. That's the email. Yeah, it's, it's we're so lost.com where you can get links to RSS feeds, iTunes, or just our download other, and watch our the other episodes. shows. Our other shows. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And uh, all of our shows are available over at universebox.com. Uh, Amory, where can people find you online? Hi, you can find me on the Twitter at AMD. Have we been doing this? We haven't, but now okay. we're doing it. <laughs> Hi, AMD Simone. That's me. <laughs> and uh, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. As I said, you can follow all the podcasts we do at universebox.com. And uh, we want to thank our chatters uh, for uh, joining us tonight again. Mm-hmm. Yes, we uh, like the sure. chatters. Yeah, we love having chatters. If, if you want to join us in chat, we always go live around 8.30 p.m. EST. Someday. You just have to keep an eye on the Twitter and the Facebook. Yeah, because... at We're So Lost and, uh, uh, on Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash We're So Lost. Uh, and we, we post it there a couple times throughout the day before we go live. So right. you'll have plenty of notice. Yes, for you'll sure. have plenty of notice. If you're ever getting, getting that lost itch, just go mm-hmm. check and maybe we'll say, hey, we're doing this in two days if it's not that day. Yeah, and you, you know, if, if you don't do that, you're going to be lost like us because as you know we're we're so lost i'm just pulling random stuff out of my desk what do i got excellent excellent screwdriver and a paintbrush what can i do (laughs) i don't know i have no idea